0: Hello, today's reading is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 8, and it's from the New Living Translation. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of all who are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. Thanks be to God. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for the reality of your presence. We thank you, Lord Jesus. If there isn't a tomb in Jerusalem with your name outside it. Lord, there's an empty tomb somewhere. Because, the Lord Jesus, you just rose from the dead. You ascended to the right hand of the Father. You're seated on the right hand of the Father. Yet you're with us right now. And we just really pray as we look at your resurrection, that, Lord, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit will just illuminate your word and our hearts, and that, Lord, we come to understand and rejoice even more in the fact that he is risen, risen indeed. So Dawn read from the new, no, I think it was NIV, I think you read, but the NLT, the new Living Translation words were up there. I was trying to get you uh, used to looking at the new L- NLT, as we are moving as a church to using the New Living Translation in our services, but Paul was summarising the, the the resurrection appearances of Jesus, and that's what to, I want to focus on this morning. Because here we are, a week after the resurrection. Remember, Last Sunday we were up a hill, weren't we? Up the hill there shouting and praising God. Then we came down here and we had (coughs) burgers and what have you. And then we had a great service and hunted for Easter eggs and everything. And, uh, you know, it was only a week ago and such a lot happened or has happened in this week and happened in the week in the lives of the disciples uh, and everybody in Jerusalem and So, all that kerfuffle started about 3 o'clock in the morning on Sunday last week. You know, angels, empty tombs, stones rolled away, angels sitting on tombstones, conversations with a gardener, guards lying down as though dead. Maybe they were dead. Disciples running here and there and all over the place. Some ran to Bethany, some ran to, to Jerusalem into the city. Why? Because a group of women were saying, we have seen Jesus. And then there were two of those disciples, uh, and we saw it in the video, and uh, Shona helped the children to understand that. They we were walking, heavy-hearted. I would say they were plodding their way to Emmaus as they, uh, you know, gnawed away at the... Uh, the rumours, the, the stories that the women that brought them and the, the, the sad events of the crucifixion of Jesus. You know, their heads are down like this. And Jesus joins along and we know the story. They get to Emmaus and at the breaking of the bread, their eyes are open. Is it because when he broke the bread, they could see the nails in his hands? Or, or was it that the veil um, was lifted from their eyes and they saw Jesus for, for who he was? We don't really know. It could be both. It could be either. But they ran back to Jerusalem and joined the, the disciples in the probably the upper room. But definitely 11 of the disciples were there. Uh, but Thomas was not there and neither was Judas. And why wasn't Judas there? Because he'd gone and... Uh, <coughs> Killed himself, committed suicide, uh, hung himself, or maybe he threw himself off a cliff. There's two, two possible ways he killed himself. But Judas wasn't there, and neither, neither was Thomas. But Jesus appears in the room, and we—I can't remember in the video. did it say Jesus didn't sort of appear as a blinding light in the video? But anyway, Jesus appears in the room, and he spoke to them, and he breathed. Over them, receive the Holy Spirit. So here are two things that we learn immediately about Jesus. You know, in the Westerns they used to say, you know, dead men don't talk, bang, you know. And, And dead men don't breathe, don't they? But Jesus breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit, and he spoke to them. So then we move forward another week. So it's today, isn't it? And Jesus appears again to the disciples. But Thomas is there. And why Thomas? Because Thomas had been moaning away. Unless I believe... It. He was doing the Victor Meldrew bit. You know Victor Meldrew? is that show how old I am? You know, who hands up if you don't know who Victor Meldrew is? You know, He's the grumpy old man. He said, I don't believe it. And he was doing his Victor Meldrew bit. I don't believe it. Unless I can put my fingers in the holes in his hands or in his inner side, I'm just not going to believe it. Dead men don't talk. Uh, So Jesus appears to the disciples. And there's Thomas. He says, here you are. Here's your opportunity. Put them in there. And we don't know if Thomas did actually put his fingers into the holes in Jesus' body. To the spear hole in his side or his feet holes, if he had feet holes we don't know what we do know is he threw himself at Jesus' feet and says my Lord and my God ok what does that tell us about the resurrection body he had a body that could be touched <coughs> a body that bore the scars of that Crucifixion, that cruel execution that he endured. In Matthew's account, when the women see the angel inside the empty tomb where Jesus' body isn't, as one of the children said, What's in the tomb? Nothing, nothing. Uh, <coughs> the angels tell the disciples, Go quickly, tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. So the disciples go down to Galilee. Peter says he's going fishing. Only to find that Jesus has a barbie on the beach. Uh, there's fish cooking there. Thomas is there. Nathaniel is there. The sons of Zebedee, that's John and uh, James and John, they're there. Plus two others, we don't know their name. And we have the episode of the miraculous draft of fish. You know, Jesus tells them, put your net over the side. 153 whopping great fish in that net. The net is almost breaking. And Jesus gives them food on the beach. Uh, John chapter 21, verse 14 says, Now this was the third time... That Jesus had appeared to his disciples, after he was raised from the dead. When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, "Simon, son of John, son of John, Jonah. Sorry, do you love me more than these?" So, what does this tell us about the resurrected body of Jesus? First of all, he could eat food. In the video, it says he ate fish there with them. That. That story where they were compacting two or three stories together in the video, I'm not sure. But definitely Jesus ate with them and gave them uh, fish to eat. So dead men, they don't eat, do they? But living ones do. So he had a physical body. So there's some, like, he can breathe, he speaks, his body is physical. You can feel it, you can touch it. It bears the scars of his crucifixion, and he can eat. But he he can also appear in a room in one place, Jerusalem, and disappear from a room in another, in a mess. He can hide his appearance from some disciples, if he so chooses. So we've learnt things about the resurrection. Jesus had a real body, but it was a different body. It was... Obviously, similar, similar enough them to, to know who he was, through his speaking and through touch and just you know the witness of a personality. It's Jesus. But he had different abilities. He could appear and disappear. And the thing is that you know because Jesus died on the cross, he promises that we will have a body like him. We will be like him. We will have new bodies. These old ones. I don't know who's going to watch the, see what the the Asher Medical Group have got to say for themselves on the 20th of April or not. But you know these old bodies of ours are falling apart, and some of us are nearer to dilapidation than others. But you know the fact is that these bodies are not built for eternity; they are built for 120 less years, 60 to 120, or even less. And is that the end, you know, when we die and go to the grave? No, no. If we trust in Jesus, then we will have the same bodies that he had. And that is going to be amazing. I don't know exactly what we're going to do with these new bodies. Um, If we can appear and disappear, if we can go to Mars without needing a a spaceship to do it. (laughs) Uh, But certainly we can go to, we'll be in glory with Jesus where he is now. Jesus could come from glory to and go back. Uh, as uh, as he wanted. So, Dawn read Paul's account, or Paul's summary of the resurrection appearances of Jesus. He's writing about 20 years after the event, about 53 AD. Jesus died 33 AD, so about 20 years on. So just going through the list that he puts there. Paul says he appeared to Peter, Check. Yes, great. they got that one. And then he appears to the twelve. Uh, the twelve. Um, Judas was one of the twelve, but he hung himself or fell off a cliff and broke his his guts all spewed out. So that means the eleven. Where's, where's the twelfth? Ah, oh, of course, the, the replacement disciple. They uh, in Acts chapter one and verses twelve following. The disciples are saying, this is actually after the ascension, that they need to have 12. Jesus wanted those 12 of us. We need someone to replace uh, Judas. Uh, So, therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us. Beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us in the ascension. From one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So it had to be someone who was there from the earliest days, right through Jesus' ministry. He was one of the, maybe not one of the inner core of the 12, most likely he was one of the 70 who was sent out uh, two by two, uh, or 72, depending on which uh, gospel we're looking at. Uh, uh, Some even say that those 70 went as far as uh, uh, Iraq, Baghdad, and Nineveh preaching the gospel. Perhaps Matthias was one of those. But he was a follower of Jesus from the earliest days. And he was, must have been able to see Jesus at some point in his resurrected body. So let's just explore that. Because Paul says that at one occasion he appeared to more than 500 people. Now, what's the most likely place that that would happen? Would it happen in Jerusalem? No, Jesus has said, um, go to Galilee and I'll go ahead before you. And there he was at the lakeside feeding there with fish and so on. And most likely, because Galilee, that area around the Sea of Galilee, was where Jesus did most of his early miracles and his teaching. And he fed the 5,000 on one occasion, fed the 4,000 on the second, too big groups of people, that's 9,000, or maybe some came to both those uh, uh, events. But there's a whole core of believers in Jesus, followers of Jesus, ones who've experienced his ministry, maybe those who've been healed, those who've been to the synagogue, uh, and so on. And so it's most likely that the 500 or plus were there in Galilee, And if Matthias was there from the baptism of Jesus right through to the end, most likely he was a Galilean as well. So I believe Matthias was was from that area. And he was most likely would have seen Jesus in his resurrected body uh, at that appearing of the 500. If he wasn't also in the upper room uh, where Jesus appeared on the first or second of his appearances. So, let's read my pages. Going down the list, the 12. Matthias is one of the 12 from now on. James. He appeared to James. Which James is that? You know, there's, there's two or three James in the scriptures. There's James and John, sons of Debedee. Well, that James, he got his head chopped off by Herod Agrippa. The first, so and that's Acts uh, 9, 10, text 10. Uh, so Paul's writing after that. The James that Paul refers to is the half-brother of Jesus. Or James the Lesser, he's called in some versions, uh, to whom Jesus revealed himself. So this is the half-brother of Jesus. He's watched Jesus grow up. You know, I'm a big brother, you know, look at him, who did he think he is? And uh, and maybe an unbelief right through until the cross and the resurrection. And maybe he appeared personally to to James, or maybe it was in the group settings uh, in Galilee, we, we don't know. But obviously Jesus revealed himself to James, and James became... Uh, one of the pillars of the church in Jerusalem, he led the council of Jerusalem in Acts 15 where they had to make decisions about what what were the Gentile Christians and non-Jewish Christians, the us you know, non-Jewish believers in Jesus, what you know, do we do about the law? Have we got to follow the law to be, uh, to be saved? And they said decided, led by James that uh, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us that They do this, that, and the other. Don't drink the blood. Uh, Avoid all things that have blood in them. Uh, Don't eat the things that have been sacrificed to idols. That's basically sexual immorality. Just three things they uh, said that the people who have come to Christ uh, do not have to do these things. So finally, Paul says, he revealed himself to me. Ascension has taken place. Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father. He's in another dimension, another he's in, in heaven, in glory, enjoying angel choirs, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Can Jesus leave that to appear to an individual anywhere on planet Earth? Obviously, yes, because there's Paul. Paul who probably it was definitely a young man in Jerusalem at the time that Jesus was crucified, but he wouldn't have been, you know, one who necessarily heard him preach. He was a, a disciple of Gamaliel. Gamaliel was a very wise uh, Pharisee, and uh, he sat at the feet of Jesus, Paul says in uh, Galatians. And so he was a, a you know a fervid, red-hot Pharisee. He didn't believe that Jesus was anything other than a, a, a sort of Galilean. Uh, Zealot and, and so he took it upon himself, was appointed by uh, the uh, Caiaphas and others, I don't know, but he was appointed to go and persecute the church, to get rid of this, this uh, heres- heretical thing of, the, of the believing in Jesus. And so he's persecuting uh, Christians in, in Jerusalem and uh, going north up to Damascus to do that. And Jesus shows up. Uh, and he falls off his horse, unless he was walking, but he, he, he's blinded by this revelation of Jesus. Jesus stands before him and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, the soldiers, they just heard a thunder, well, they thought it was thunder, but Paul saw the resurrected Jesus and he was blinded. He is the light, 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 light of the world. We've just been singing that. Dazzled by the light of Jesus. That Jesus tells him, go into Damascus and look out for uh, Ananias who will pray for you and you'll receive your sight. So Paul had this personal encounter with Jesus on the way to Damascus. And I don't believe that's the only encounter that uh, Jesus had or Paul had with Jesus. For what do we say to read or what does James say at the beginning of every communion service? for I received from the Lord what he is given for I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he betrayed took the bread and when he gave him thanks to God I received from the Lord Paul had a very personal walk with the Lord and he learned things from the Lord he didn't learn necessarily from the other apostles there wasn't a Bible a New Testament to read he was the one who was going to write most of it um, it was through revelation, Jesus having a personal relationship with Jesus that he uh, received that, a lot of what we read in our New Testament, and even the reading that we had today, it started off with I, for, for I've passed on to you or well, for what I received, I passed on to you. it was in the verses one and two before uh, the reading that we read. I passed on to you what was most important, what had also been passed on to me. So he received revelation on so many things. So Jesus appeared to Paul after his resurrection. Does he have the ability to appear to people in our age, in 2022, 2023? Yes, he does. And there are many testimonies of people who have encounters with Jesus. This is Ramadan for the Muslims. And we are using the 30 days prayer. Some of us in the church are praying for Muslims. And when we pray, the Lord will zap the Muslims or something. No, we are praying for the various things that are in the guide. That they will have revelations of Jesus. They will have dreams of Jesus. Uh, And they are doing this. They're having dreams of a man in white. And they're so struck by this this man in white. They're asking people, I had this dream last night about this man in white. Who is this man in white? And often when they can encounter a Christian, he can now point to Jesus. Point to the Jesus of the Transfiguration. Start to talk about Jesus. Because Jesus is the the man in white. He is the glorious uh, one uh, who sits at the right hand of the Father. I Just a little bit of my personal testimony, I met a girl, I was in, in University in Plymouth and I was seeking after God and a woman came to me and said, can I have a talk with you student?" I said yes, okay. So we had a coffee in the refectory and she told me her story, how? She asked Jesus into her life, in her home. Sitting in this settee, there's a telly, there's a fireplace, and so on. And Jesus appeared to her in her living room, in her home, and put out his arms to her like that. And I thought, wow, Jesus did that to you? Jesus appeared to you? Uh, and I am not being judgmental. She was a very ordinary girl. She wasn't a glamour puss. She was very... A lovely girl, Pauline Whittaker, is her name. Jesus appeared to her, and I said, "Emma, I want Jesus to appear to me." Uh, and so we're still having this conversation. And I was thinking, "Oh, she, she's telling me about her church. It's a Pentecostal church, uh, and uh, she's telling me that some of the things that happen in her services." I'd never been to a Pentecostal church, didn't even know what the word meant, but my heart said. I want to go to her church. You know, if Jesus can appear to her, he can appear to me. So I was thinking this. You know, if she invited my church, I I would go to her church. She said, "Would would you like to come to, to one of our services in the church?" Yeah, okay, I'm coming on Sunday. So this is about five days before, and I made in my mind and in my heart an appointment to meet Jesus. I wanted to go to that church, sit in the pews just as you. Uh, and I wanted to have a revelation of Jesus. I don't know how, how it's going to happen. You know, is there going to be this great blinding light and there's Jesus at the front of the church and I'm going to run out the front and throw myself into his arms. I don't know what I was really expecting, but I wanted to see Jesus when I went to that church on the Sunday. And just like we have to have appointment cards to go to the dentist, I made an appointment with Jesus. I said, Jesus... I'm not going to eat anything until I meet you on Sunday when I go to that church. That's how serious I am. And I made my appointment card with Jesus. And I didn't eat. I drank a little bit. But for four days, I didn't have anything to eat. And I lived in, in Cornwall in a town called Liscard. It's about 15, 20 miles uh, west of Plymouth. And the, on a the Sunday morning, there's no trains or buses. Uh, so I had a hitchhike from this guard into Plymouth. And this church is on the far side of Plymouth, a little town called Plympton. Yeah, it's on one of the, the two or three estuaries that run into the, the, the Plymouth Sound. And I go out to the, onto the bypass, I have put out my thumb, and a car pulled up and says, Where are you going, mate? Oh, um, I want to go to Plymouth. That's all right, I'm going to Plymouth. Um, so again, I get in and said, Actually, I want to go to Plympton. That's all right. I'm going to Plippinton actually. Yeah, I, I can drop you off. <laughs> so he took me right to the doors of the church. And there's folks all coming into the Sunday service like that. So I came in. And I sat in sort of middle row like this. Uh, and I sat through that service. And I heard the singing. And I could hear the joy. Uh, in the people's voices as they sang, just as we sang, the praises of God. And I could look at people's faces and I could see the, the light of Christ. I could see the joy uh, they had in their love for Jesus in that service. And it, there was a communion service, but I didn't feel ready for that. That was a step too far for me. But, um, you know, the service came to an end and I didn't have my blazing revelation of Jesus I didn't see Jesus standing at the front like that, welcome me back like the prodigal son. And I'm depressed. I'm miserable because I come, here's my appointment card for Jesus. If I don't meet you, Jesus, if, uh, you know, I felt that it would be you know just like a, a, a waste of time. I'd be tearing up my appointment card if I didn't meet Jesus uh, as I would wanted to. Anyway, the pastor of the church said, "Oh, young man, how are you?" I said, "That girl over there, Pauline, she invited me along." "Oh, do you want to come back to the, the manse and have have lunch with us?" "Yes, yes, please." <laughs> so I went back to the manse with Pauline and the minister and his wife and a number of guests for lunch. They like to have a big table, so probably about fifteen of us sitting down for Sunday lunch. And as the, the chicken is brought in and the veg are on the table, I really am um, gutted. Because if I eat the food, I am doing what I've just done. Tearing, I feel I'm tearing up my appointment card to meet Jesus. The pastor, sort of, I think the Lord just spoke to his heart. He needs to, he needs to pray and ask Jesus into his life. He said, Stephen, come with me. Took me to his his study, and he just showed me a verse in Romans, I can't remember which one it was, as many as received, received and he became the power, power to become the sons of God, something like that, which of course is in John's Gospel. Anyway, I just prayed a very simple prayer, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, come into my life, and that's about all I said, but I just knew, I just knew Jesus had come to me, I didn't have to have the vision I didn't have to have the prodigal son experience at the front of a church i knew when i prayed that prayer that jesus came into my life and i felt absolutely different i felt the hand had come from heaven and plucked me up into his presence and that's how i came to know jesus as my savior and lord you see maybe we all want that we want to have the Damascus Road experience. We want to see Jesus. We want to have him having his arms out like this and run into his arms. Then I'll believe. If I can have an experience like that, I will believe. But what did Jesus say to Thomas? Yes, okay, you can put your hands in here. But blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And that's where most of us are, aren't we? We are blessed. We haven't had to see you, see jesus in the flesh we've just believed the accounts we believe the gospel story we put our trust in jesus so that's where we are today so to the most skeptical he says put your hands in here to the amazed at the number of fish he says have some more fish and this gives them a bit more off the barbie. To the guilty and grieving like Peter, who had denied him three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? And to you this morning, the risen, resurrected Jesus says, to you, whatever your name is, John, Jane, Amanda, Betty, Fred, put your name there in the question to Jesus. Jesus put to Peter, Stephen, do you love me? And he wants you to reply and say yes. John also wrote in John chapter 1, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. That's the, that's the people of his day. That's even the Jewish leaders, the ones who were waiting and looking for the Messiah. They didn't recognise him. He came to those that were his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision a husband's will uh, born of God let us pray Lord Jesus we thank you that you are risen you are resurrected and thank you you come to us you come to us in all sorts of different ways Uh, the still small voice that uh, Paul reminded us in his opening prayer this morning Lord, we just come to you just as we are. We can come no other way. And we say, when you say, Lord Jesus, do you love me? We want to say yes. So help us to say yes. If we've not said yes before, then help us to say yes today. Help us to walk in the reality that you are risen and you are the life and the life of the world. And Lord, as we. Surrender our lives to you. You fill us with the importance of being sons and daughters of the living God. So we just ask your grace and your blessing. Help us, each one of us, to follow you. Be faithful disciples, followers of Jesus. We pray in your precious name. Amen.